Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. Amazing, amazing. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to church on this very special Father's Day. I hope that all the dads here have been sufficiently spoiled this morning. Whatever that means for you. A latte in bed, bacon, maybe a cheeky donut. I don't know. Whatever it is for you. I hope that you have been sufficiently spoiled. I know that everybody gets gifts on Father's Day. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them are less fantastic. This was my gift from Sebastian. Uh, I treasure it, I really do. Uh, It's a bit awkward, I don't really wear ties all that often, only to kind of weddings and funerals and somehow I don't think this one would be appropriate for a wedding or a funeral. Beautiful green colour with a little lion written on it. So I'll treasure it, never wear it, but treasure it nonetheless. He said to me this, uh, yesterday actually, gave it to me yesterday, that he made it with his whole heart. So I suppose that's all that matters. This will go in a place of pride somewhere in my closet, never to be seen again, but I will keep it. (laughs) So no doubt we got a mixture of presents and gifts this morning, but it doesn't matter. Today we celebrate the dads in this church. We really do. We acknowledge how hard you work for your family, the love and care that you bring. The selflessness of so many of you here this morning, you guys are a blessing to your family. You play such an important role. We want you to know that you play such an important role in the the faith development of your child, the health of your family. You guys play such an important role. So we celebrate you today. And we pray that today that God would bless you. You know, we just finished a series called Grace Under Pressure. We took a, a deep dive into Joseph's life so that we could see how God was working in the midst of all of it, the ups and the downs. I know that it was a blessing to many of you here today. So we're going to continue on in a similar vein this morning as we have a look at courage. And if you have absolutely no idea how those things are even remotely related, let me connect the dots for you. Ernest Hemingway once said that courage is grace under pressure. Courage is grace under pressure. And what he, it's fairly simple what he means. He's simply saying that you don't really know the extent of a person's character until you see them in a pressurized situation. Or you don't know if they're going to crumble or if they're going to rise up and face the crisis at hand. So it's in the tough time, the the darkest hours of your life when you find out if you have the courage of your convictions. I think that's true. It made me think of a little girl named Susan. I don't know if you've seen much from Open Doors, a wonderful organization, a a Christian non-for-profit organization that works with the persecuted church. They have a a YouTube channel. I highly recommend you go and check it out. It's full of these little documentaries that tell the stories of our brothers and sisters from some of the most difficult places around the world, North Korea, all around Afghanistan. And one of those stories is about a little girl named Susan. The story is inspirational, it really is, but it's also heartbreaking. She watched this little six, seven minute video. See, she grew up in a strictly Muslim family. Never even heard the gospel 
till one day when she was in primary school, this visiting speaker came to her school and he spoke about this man named Jesus. Susan is sitting there hearing the gospel for the very first time and something incredible happens. She believes. She just knows in her heart that it's true. And so right then and there, she makes a decision to follow Jesus, to put her trust in Jesus. And I'm sure it would have been this incredible moment for her as she received the fullness of life that God has for her. But then she gets home and her father finds out and he's furious. Furious. He doesn't want anything to do with their faith. In fact, he's determined to stamp it out by any means necessary. And I'll give you an example. On one occasion, he grabs Susan and a younger brother, drags them outside, holds a knife to her throat and says, if you don't stop going to church, I'm gonna kill you and your brother. I mean, it's just horrific stuff. This little girl, got a photo that I can chuck up on the screen for you. And yet she refuses. She keeps going to church, keeps pressing in to Jesus. So one day her father grabs her, takes her to this little room in their house, places a mat on the floor and says, I want you to sit there until you're willing to deny Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can stay on that mat. And he walks out of the room, locks the door behind him. Three months later, The neighbors start to figure out that something is seriously wrong. She's not right, where is she? So they ask her brother, he tells them, and then they call the police. They break down the door and they find Susan sitting on that mat. She hadn't moved three months later and she hadn't moved. You can see that in the photo, she'd sat on that mat in that one position for so long that her legs actually started to warp and to bend into the shape that had been sitting. And she was alive, but only just. We found out later that she'd only survived because her brother, when her father would lead, her brother would sneak in and, and give her food and water. When they asked her why, why didn't you just get off the mat? She said this, she said, because my father said if I was to leave that mat, I would be denying Jesus and I couldn't do that. She went on to say, it's up on the screen, I cannot leave Jesus. I decided not to leave him because he has given me eternal life. And even if I died there, I was sure that I would go to him. This is a little girl with the courage of a giant. But it's also someone who's taken hold of the promises of God. Even if I died there, I was sure that I would go to him. That's a courage based in the promises of God. And that's significant. It's something that we'll see in Joshua chapter one this morning. It's a theme. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. It's a courage based in the promises of God. Let's read Joshua chapter one together. It's up on the screen. Just the first nine verses this morning says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. 
I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And why is that? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. As you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. The next line, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. (coughs) Excuse me. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. It's a beautiful little passage. And even though we don't have a lot of time this morning, I've got two things that I want to draw out of it. God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. He actually commands it. It's in the imperative. It's not a request. It's a command. So the question is, how? Is this a courage that he's supposed to, to get from within? He's supposed to just muster it up? No, but that's not what we see in the passage. What we actually see is, is God saying to Joshua, hey, you need to know that it's not about you. It's not even about Moses. It's about me. It always has been and it always will be about me and my promises. That's what we see God saying. I will give you every place where you set your foot. <coughs> no one will be able to stand against you. Why? Because I will be with you. The promised land is mine. I'm giving it to you as an inheritance, but that's very specific language. And it says to us that the promised land is God's. The promises that I gave to Moses, I'm giving them to you. And in a really clear and distinct way, God is raising up Joshua's eyes that he might see Yahweh sitting on the throne. Sovereignly ruling over all. That's why he calls Moses his servant. It's not meant to diminish Moses in any way. He says that it might remind Joshua that Moses' power and authority came not from within, not because he was anyone significant, but simply in the one he served. That's where his power and authority came from, in the one he served. See, we've got to understand how significant this transition was for the people of Israel. You want to understand this passage, you've got to understand that transition. Put yourself in their shoes. And Moses had led them for nearly 50 years. He'd taken them from slavery to freedom. From the depths of despair to the hope of the promised land. I mean, God had used this guy in incredible ways. Deuteronomy chapter 34 says, there would never be another prophet like Moses. Says that. It's hard to overestimate how important he was to them. And now he's gone. They never would have even made it this far if not for Moses. Let's be honest. They get wiped out. They don't make it here. He's the only reason they're on the edge of the promised land. And now he's gone. 
And I can picture Joshua standing there thinking to himself, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, how am I supposed to take over from Moses? How can I possibly fill the shoes of someone who literally wrote scripture? And God so clearly says, you don't have to. They're my shoes anyway. You don't have to. I will give you every place you set your foot. This is something that I'm gonna do. So Joshua, put your hope in me and in my promises. Like so much in the story of scripture, it's a theme that just comes up again and again and again. It's true even for us today. God is saying, I will do what you can't, what you couldn't possibly hope to do if you just put your faith, you trust, your hope in me. So that's the first thing. God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. It's a command, but it's not about him looking inward. This isn't about him going and trying to muster something up. This is about him lifting his eyes to see the one who sits on the throne. It's a courage based in the promises of God and the presence of God. Not in himself. Which leads us to the second thing that I want to draw out. God elevates Joshua's vision. And then he says, but you've got a part to play. I'll go before you, I'll give you the victory. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but you need to know that you have a part to play. And here's the thing, we can trust God to do his bit, but he can't always trust us to do ours. Am I wrong in that? I can't make it through the day without stuffing something up. You read the story in the Old Testament And it's painful sometimes. You want to slap these people. What are you doing? The only reason they wandered around in the desert for 40 years is because they refused to trust God, to take a step of faith, even after everything they'd seen him do. They saw the Canaanite cities with their huge walls and it gave them amnesia. They just forgot about all the incredible things that God had done for them. Just just imagine what they'd experienced. That God had brought low the nation of Egypt, the superpower of that time. They'd seen him part the waters so they could walk over on dry land. They'd see him do miracle after miracle and they get to this place and it's just just gone. It's almost like it never happened. Hear about giants and, and warriors of renown and their resolve just vanishes. The picture of God was just too small. They weren't looking at him anymore. They were looking at what was in front of them. And they didn't have courage. Abound in fear. So here they are on the edge of the promised land with a second chance to step out in faith. And God says, be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. I need you to stay with me, to keep your eyes fixed on me. Have a look at what he says in verse seven. Be careful to obey all the law my my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. 
Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I don't know if you noticed, but all of that is relational. So God is saying, if you just stick with me, if you just keep your eyes fixed on me, I will literally do everything else. I'll do everything else. I got one thing for you, Joshua. This is your part to play. Walk in obedience. Get into my word. Meditate on it day and night. Be shaped by it. You might love it and me. That's it. That's all God gave him. That was his part to play. Now let's be real. Meditating on scripture isn't gonna make the Canaanites suddenly disappear. Doesn't achieve anything from them for them in, in this purpose of conquering the promised land. But I tell you what it does do. It makes sure that Joshua is walking intimately with God. That his eyes are firmly fixed on God. And in his presence, in that place, the victory was actually already theirs. Because God had given it to them. They just keep their eyes fixed on Yahweh. Be strong and very courageous. You know, in the Hebrew, those words come together to give us a sense of an unshakable courage. Unshakable courage. That's what those words come together to mean. An unshakable courage. That's what God is calling Joshua to. That's not something in here. Calling him to an unshakable courage. That's what I see in Susan. I think of this little girl. She didn't have an ability to change her circumstances. She couldn't save herself. She was completely powerless. And yet she had an unshakable courage based on the promises of God. Even if I died there, I was sure that I would go to him. That's the hope of the gospel. The hope and the promise of eternal life. That's the promise that fueled her courage. So I wonder, church, what's the source of your courage? Where are you putting your hope this morning? It's so easy when things are good to think that that we've got this, that we might actually have everything under control, but it's a facade. It's not true. But there is only one person who sits on the throne. His name is Jesus. He alone is sovereign. He alone is righteous, perfect, always working for our good. And he alone has the power to see his promises through every single time. And that might just be words for some of you here this morning, but can I tell you, sitting bedside in a hospital day after day, this stuff becomes life-giving. Like it really does. When you find yourself completely powerless, facing what looks like to be a bit of a dark and scary road, this stuff is everything. It just builds hope within you. It gives you a courage to continue to step out in faith, to continue to trust. It's everything. I love Corrie ten Boom. 
She's just an amazing woman. She once said this. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. If we're honest, we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, let alone what's gonna happen a year from now, 10 years from now. We have no idea. Here's what I do know. I look at the cross and I know that God is for me. I know that he cares. I know that he's faithful and I know that his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. I know those things because I can see it in the cross. So eyes fixed on the cross, hands clinging to the promises of God. May we be a people of unshakable courage. There's a challenge for the dads in here today that you would lead your family in this. That you would have your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. That you'd be the first one into his word. Leading your family into the word of God. The first one to call upon the promises of God. That you would lead with courage, not because of something in you, but because of the promises and the presence of God. Because your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Let's pray. Well, Father, we're grateful for who you are. We are thankful, Jesus, that we look at the cross and we just see your beauty and your majesty. We see that you're for us. We see that you love us more than we could possibly even imagine. And it's just an enormous blessing. We know, Jesus, if not for you and the sacrifice that you made, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be celebrating this today as a church. None of this exists if not for you. So we look at the cross and we're reminded of the incredible love that you have for us. Your faithfulness to us. The price that you were willing to pay to once again be Emmanuel. God with us. Now and forever. And so we pray, Jesus, No matter what season of life we find ourselves in, good or bad, we pray, Jesus, that our eyes would be fixed firmly on you. That we take hold of your promises and that it would come together to form this foundation of courage that would be able to stand as a people of unshakable courage and face whatever it is that comes our way because we know that you're with us. We know what you've promised us and the promises that cannot be taken from us, promises that last even through death. May that come together, make us a people of unshakable courage. We pray for this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.